is episode 264 of Nerds I View for the 23rd of February, the last week of February. Is this a leap year? I don't know. It, it is it? a leap year. It is a leap year. Yeah. So it's kind well, of it's every four years. an odd last week. Right. Yeah. It's, it's not longer. an odd, it's an even. There you go. Oh my goodness. Yeah. And uh, I have with me Andrew. Hi. And Tom. Hi. How you doing, sir? I'm doing well. It's good to have you back. Yes. When was the last episode he was on? I don't remember. He was last on Spotlight episode, oh, which was yeah. episode 254. Cool. Very cool. Yep. And so, but, I mean, I was going to say the new running gag is that we have Tom on for the religious films. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I thought it was going to be that you have me out, and then when the movie comes out on DVD, then you have me back. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we did that accidentally uh-huh. already this year. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so Tom, if there's, a, if we're ever reviewing a Morgan Freeman film or a religious <laughs> film, that's where we, yeah. we call Tom. We're going to call right. you. So be ready. Better call Tom. Yeah. Yeah. Well, <laughs> and I'm Jordan. And we're going to review a movie. Which movie? The Witch. The Witch, Witch movie. The Witch. The Witch. Uh, and, and to clarify, the it is Witch. a New England folktale. Yes. Uh, yeah. It, in the year 1630. Sorry, the movie I saw was called The VV Itch. Yeah, The Vitch. The Vitch. The Vitch. Or is it Roman numerals and it's the 10 itch? Well, it's the 5 Vitch. Yeah. Yeah. It's like a sandwich, but with five. Hello. So we're going to have the top ten, <laughs> then we're going to have the new releases, then we're going to have our review, our baseline review. We're going to have our guest landing, and then at the very end of the show, we're going to have our discussion of the Vitch, which is going to <laughs> <clears throat> go into the nitty-gritty details, the spoilers. Yeah. So that's the section <clears throat> you want to skip if you haven't seen the movie yet. But first... Let's do the top ten. All right, count me down. I cry, number ten. Hail Caesar. Because I've met number nine. Revenant. Who came out of number eight. Star Wars, The Force Awakens. But luckily, he had nothing to do with number seven. Lulanda Tu. Who did not win number six. Race. Because it was about number five. How to be single. And if you want to know how to do that, Go ask number four. The Vich. Who has number three. Risen. To fight number two. Kung Fu Panda three. To see who will win the number one. Deadpool. Uh, that's not a surprise, right? Deadpool's no. number one again. Not a surprise. So we've added a, a, a new feature to this uh, box office thing where... Which is a good thing to do, a visual aid for an audio podcast. Yeah, but it's good for us so we can refer to it. Because oh, okay. last week, the number one and number two have not changed from last week to At this all. week. Uh, it was Deadpool and Kung Fu Panda. Right. Uh, and that's I think that makes sense. Right. Uh, I was a little surprised to see Risen that high up, but who knows? Yep. Well, you have the two type of religious people. Mm-hmm. One one group is going to see Risen. The okay. other group is going to see the witch. Yeah, I guess. And it depends on which which part of the Bible they they read a lot. Yeah. Um. I don't know. Do you think uh, is uh, boy what like what's going on with race? Are we is that is that actually good? And people I don't just know. people just aren't seeing it because because I mean, Deadpool. Because because of that, or because like oh another historical biopic like mm-hmm. another like come yeah on. these these true lo- true stories mm-hmm. keep coming out yeah and, and this one just seems are a little over it. the name on this one seems a little too clever <clears throat> for me yeah well it's not even clever it's like oh race right on the nose yeah <laughs> um, and it's doing that thing where it casts a comedian in a serious part uh, which one uh, what's his name 
the guy who was on SNL. I can't remember what his name was. Uh, now. Will Arnett. Nope. No, I am saying that the other guy. But Will he's Carroll? like he's the coach or whatever. He's like, we gotta give this guy a chance. Oh. Look at him run. I don't know. Yeah, uh, race. It's about Jesse Owens. Jason Sudeikis. Yeah, Jason Sudeikis. Oh. Yeah, he's the coach in this film. <laughs> yep. And that's like one of those, you know, like oh, we'll take a comedian, we'll make him a little, make him a little serious. See what he does. It's like, oh, let's not. Yeah, my favorite version of that is uh, League of Their Own. Tom Hanks, that amazing comedic actor. Yeah. He can do anything. I know. Don't. I know. Besmirch. I know. I'm not besmirching. I'm saying I love that movie. Okay. I love, do you not love that movie? I like it fine. Yeah. Yeah. I haven't seen it in years. I love him in that movie. Uh He is incredible in that role. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. There's no crying in baseball. Right. All right. I feel like if that movie was called Base. Like, come up with a better title. <laughs> uh, or if the movie was called Just Balls. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. And you're like, what? Uh, what? What? <laughs> exactly. And the tagline is like, they don't got them, <laughs> but they want them? I don't know. Like, what? <laughs> but they sure can't hit them. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. That's dumb. Uh, and catch them. <laughs> Let's move on to the new releases. Tom, do you want to? All right. <laughs> on DVD and Blu-ray, The Good Dinosaur. Yeah, we reviewed that in episode 252 Yo. with uh, Jessica. Right. Mm-hmm. Is that any good? Uh, no. No. And that's Be- coming from me. So that's, uh, I mean, because, that's really something. And there's one major reason for it. It is a lesser, not as good, Lion King. Oh. Uh, it is exactly Lion King. Yeah, and just the, like, the gags aren't that funny. So which know. one's Sam Elliott in that analogy? Sam Elliott's in Lion King? No, in The Good Dinosaur. Who I would he be he, in The Lion King? Oh, be. he would be, what, Timon or Pumbaa? Yeah, he would be Pumbaa. Because he was the best of the weird side characters. <laughs> yeah, he was Pumbaa. Uh, I think he's more Timon than Pumbaa. You think so? Mm-hmm. I don't like Tim, I don't like Timon's attitude. I love Timon. Yeah. Pumbaa, I dislike. Really? <laughs> Pumbaa's a fart joke. Yeah. Pumbaa is, uh, oh, yeah, is yeah, like yeah. Spot almost. No, you're right. Yeah, he is basically just gags. Yeah. I didn't even think about that. Yeah, true. Oh, that's sad to hear. I was thinking more of his stature because of who Sam Elliott is. Oh, sure. That's why. That's mm-hmm. where I went. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm all inside out now. Oh. <laughs> and Spotlight, which was good. <laughs> it was 254. Yeah. Yeah, that was good. Yeah, and it better win Best Picture on Sunday or I'm going to be mad. Right? I think it has a really good chance. Yeah, but the Revenant's winning everything everywhere else, so mm-hmm. you never know. It should, you think, only win, I mean, it should only win in one category. But that's... Um, would that be like Inuritu would win twice, two times in a row? Yeah, is that crazy? That's crazy. <laughs> it hasn't happened since the fifties with Joseph Mankiewicz. Mm-hmm. Huh. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, like that's that just seems really unlikely to me that he would win two years in a row. Yeah. yeah. But I mean, I don't even think he should get best director. I mean, ju- yeah. I mean, that's just me. Because he's already proven himself. Well, no, because Mad Max. No, because he's done better. Oh yeah. 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 Mad Max is not going to win Best Picture, but I think it has mm. you know, a really good shot of Best Director. Yeah. Yeah. I hope so. Mm-hmm. I wish it would win Best Editing because his wife was, had never edited a film before. What? Yeah. She's never, she's never edited a film. That seems crazy. And he, and he just went, if I edit this, it's going to look like every other film I've made. Uh-huh. So why don't you do it? You've been here this whole time. You've been working with me. You know what I've done. Is this true? I want you. Yeah, I'll I'll look it up. I don't know. I just just thought maybe you're goofing, but that's that's cool. I didn't know he was his wife, though. That's weird. Maybe maybe it's not a wife. Maybe it's a secret lover. Yeah. Jordan is confirming the facts that we're trying to give you. 
The Oscars are this Sunday, Tom. Yeah. I don't know oh, what she, I'm do. She's done editing for his other films. I'm going to watch and gripe along with everyone else mm-hmm. as that black Her, host tells us why we whiteys are bad. The first film she edited was Babe Pick in the City. Oh, sure. And then she did... He, ha- he also she, directed that. You and know? then she did... I know. And then she did Happy Feet. And Mad Max was her third film. And it, wow. Yeah. Wow. That's that's pretty cool, though. Yeah. Just wait for Babe uh, Pig on the Road or whatever. <laughs> babe uh, Bacon Road? Would that? Yeah. How would that work? Oh, the, no, she's, she's done a bunch of stuff, actually. The Road Porker? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds wrong. It does. It really does. All right. Ready to move on? Yeah. Mm-hmm. On DVD only, we have The Scandalous Four. All right. Let's play the game that has no name where uh both of you will attempt to guess what this film is about both of us based on the clues that i gives all right we'll start with tom you know this was this film is called the scandalous four right uh i will give you one of two clues would you like to know the time period in which this film takes place or the uh the four the each of them i'd say they have a different title or a different role i will give you those four roles four roles as in the character yeah like their character types like okay they're, like uh yeah i'll go with the character types all right so the four the scandalous four there's a husband and wife and then working for them it's their butler and their gardener hmm. what is this film about tom um Let's see. I would have to say it's um, basically the Fantastic Four are putting on a home no home dinner show or whatever it is and reenacting the Magnificent Seven, but they realize that they don't have enough people. <laughs> All right. Time period, please. Yeah. Um, I mean, like it's like Victorian, uh, you know, Elizabethan England. <clears throat> Uh, I believe this movie is about uh, a family that's trying to get up in stature. You know, they're tired of being a lower class family and they're trying, you know, want to be an upper class family. So they actually get the entire household together and they, uh, through some statecraft and through some actual theft, they increase their land holdings and uh, their, their eyes in the, or their, they're standing in the eyes of the other people in uh, court, if you will. All right. The Scandalous Four came out this year. Uh, Penelope is forced to marry Jonathan, but there's no attraction between the two. As a matter of fact, Jonathan is more interested in spending time with the butler than with his wife. Oh my goodness. Penelope finds a way of reuniting with the love of her life and manages to hire him as the gardener. Two secret affairs in one household soon lead to major scandalous situations. My goodness. Um, so, so I, I'd like to edit my earlier statement of she had she had edited a lot of films, okay, but none of them were action films. Okay, no, I understood. Yeah, when you were saying because she'd done documentaries uh-huh. and you know this that and the other thing, so this was her first action film. Uh-huh. Yeah, but that is a crazy movie. Yeah, and it came out today or this year. Scandalous four. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Cool. All right, and rounding us out on TVD, we have Fargo, year two. Now, Tom, let's try and guess if Jordan has seen Fargo, any of it, all of it, any, if they're how cons- much of it? If they're considered miniseries, would two seasons be considered all of it, though, or some of it? Well, all of it for now. 
Yeah. Uh, I'm going to say Jordan has seen at least some of Fargo season one, but none of season two. Well, or I'd, year two, as they're calling it here. Well, I'd hope you'd seen all of it because it's all real good. Um, I'm going to say for the hope that you're, I'm right, you've seen all of it. I wish I've seen all of it. I, I was late to the party. I've seen all of season one. But by the time season two had started year two, uh, I just hadn't put it up on the DVR and mm-hmm. I missed it. And rather than like purchasing the first couple episodes on iTunes or something, I'm just going to wait and, and watch it when, uh. it when it's all released together. Well, it's definitely worth your time. I'd argue yeah. it's actually better. Yeah, I definitely want to see it. And that first season was incredible. So yeah. if this season's better, oh, yeah, it's looking forward to it. Are you worried, Tom, that um, isn't the guy who made it, he's now, like, creating, like, three other shows? Um, I don't pay attention to his life. <laughs> I you, just, don't, you don't think he was instrumental in making... I think he's very instrumental. If oh. you look at the opposite case with Nick Pizzolatto, yeah. it's like, how he fucked that up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, True Detective, that was... Uh, yeah. So, I just hope he knows what he's doing and takes his mm-hmm. time and... If I have to wait an extra year, so be it. Right, isn't, he, right. isn't he doing an X-Men show? Am I crazy? I think oh, yeah, he's doing one of those new that. X-Men shows that are in the rumor works. Oh, my goodness. Wow, I don't know. There's going to be one with Aubrey Plaza. What? Yeah, she's going to be in an X-Men show. Is everyone doing it? Yeah. Everyone's uh, going to be a superhero. Yeah. Yeah. Everyone. There will be a I'm time gonna be a superhero. in the future Real life. every I'm actor has TV. played a superhero. Even Zsa Gabor? Yes, she was. Well, she was a villain in Batman '66, yeah. whatever that's called. I was testing you because I saw it this weekend. Uh huh. Nice. Um, <laughs> and I was going to say, even Alec Baldwin, he has played a superhero in yep. a sense as the bad guy of the Aviator. Well, <laughs> I love that. <laughs> nice. <laughs> he was. He was also the Shadow. Oh. Uh. Anyway, Tom, I, where I should l- we? I like that get, dumb movie. <laughs> get those things. I love that dumb movie. That is a problematic dumb movie, but, but I it's love pretty it. Great. Yeah. If you want to check out any of those, check out your local video store. All right. So uh, when we come right back, we'll be reviewing The Witch. Hello and welcome to Benview on Spielberg. I'm your resident Spielberg apatheticist, Matt Benson, and I'm resident uh, Spielberg fanatic, Justin Keyson. And today we're going to talk about Duel, The Sugarland Express, Jaws, Close Encounters of the Third Kind, 1941, Raiders of the Lost Ark, E.T., The Extraterrestrial, Zone, the Indiana Moon, Jones and the, the Temple of Empire Indiana of the Jones Always, and the Last Crusade, Jurassic, Schindler's Lost World, Saving Amistad. Private Ryan, Minority Report, the, the Terminal, the, the Adventures of Steven Spielberg, Benview on Spielberg. New episodes dropping on the 15th of every month at BenviewNetwork.com. Ba, 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 Black Phillips, Sif, you are wicked. Does he really speak to thee? This wilderness will not consume us. Who's there? You've cursed this family. This is witchcraft. She placed a curse on me. Why have you turned against me? I saw it. 
Written and directed by Robert Eggers, starring, um, you know, a lot people. of unknown people. People. Where is the cast list? Why is it doing this to me? See, this is why I sign into IMDb, because it gives me the way that I want to see it, rather than, you know, try to figure out their app. This is what happens. So it's starring some people. <laughs> oh, uh, Anya Taylor-Joy, uh, Ralph... Innocent, Kate Dickey, uh, where's the other ones? Harvey Scrimshaw, some children. Anyway, <laughs> this is a uh, quite a movie. Oh yeah, um, it's kind of a, a horror film in a sense. Uh, the description on IMDb: A family in 1630s New England is torn apart by the forces of witchcraft, black magic, and possession. Um, but I also like to think. As much as early on you actually see certain aspects of what they're afraid of, yeah, uh, there is a, an amount of paranoia and indecisiveness That's in trusting, yeah, in trusting what what you see and what what they say. Uh, which I think all that's very interesting. I don't know, and I was very impressed with you know the acting from children. Right, that yeah. I was I'm always worried about that. And it does heavily rely on it in this film. Mm-hmm. Like the parents are side characters more than anything else. They are pivotal, mm-hmm. but they're not on screen the majority of the time. The children are. No. Uh, Tom, what do you think? Um, let's see. I really enjoy it as uh, the movie you're talking about. I, I uh, last year, because it was Halloween, decided to get into horror movies again and watch a bunch of those. And one of the ones I heard about, and it, it's come up a few times of interviews while Eggers is talking to people is Hexen, a documentary from 1922 about oh. witches. Mm-hmm. And what's really interesting about it is it talks about witches and their relationship to Satanism and all that. But towards the end, they ex- explain how it's actually just mental illness and that we've been treating them wrong. So in a way, I've kind of changed my opinion on witches as more than just these evil doers. So it's interesting to look at it from perspective of a woman oppressed who slowly loses her shackles to male domination and becomes her own creature and mm-hmm. be it with weird, violent results. But I thought it was very good at showing that, and I love the atmosphere. Cinematography was great. It's very eerie, and I enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I, yeah, I like, I think that's all very present in the film. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. <clears throat> um, and I think it was it was also like a very well shot film. Oh yeah. yeah. There was um like the family they they're forced to, you know, leave a kind of a, a protected town and they live on the edge of a forest. And that forest is kind of like a like a presence. There's um there's a line that the father says where he's um like they're having trouble with crops and he tells his son like I will not 
you know, I will not let nature defeat us or we are going to, you know, work with nature or something like that. Well, this weird manifest destiny thing they got going on. Yeah. But I kind of like the, that idea of here they are, they're at the edge of civilization and they, you know, they're, they're kind of like struggling against the elements, mm-hmm. you know, of nature and of maybe super, you know, like supernatural yeah. elements perhaps as well. So it's really like, uh, I kind of like that when, when a character kind of says something like that and I'm like, oh yeah, this is, you know. This is what they really like. This is what this guy's thinking. Yeah. And here he's, you know, he's fighting it. And we learn a lot about him even in that first scene when mm-hmm. they're getting banished from the yeah. plantation, from the town. Yeah. Like he, you can just tell this guy's like, he's a hard man. Th- these are set, yeah. set in his ways mm-hmm. to the point where he's banished. He and his family are banished from civilization mm-hmm. because of his beliefs and the way he lives. Because they're too, yeah, they're too, too rigorous in yeah. religious beliefs, mm-hmm. which, um, like, I kind of wonder what exactly they did to get right. kicked out because it must have been something really extreme. Mm-hmm. Um, but you can tell that the entire family does more or less fully believe um, the whole. Like his his whole deal is that they're all they're going to hell. Like they're all sinners. They're all going to hell. <laughs> like it's it's kind of like a no redemption mm-hmm. kind of belief, um, which the son has kind of this crisis moment with where um, he's like, you know, what happens if I die tomorrow? Where am I going to go? Yeah. Yeah. It gets, it gets pretty crazy. Yeah. There's some deep conversations that they have. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Um, I wanted, uh, um, I like the, the, that kind of subtitle that it's a, a New England uh, folk folklore. Folklore. Because um, even at the end of the film, a little thing comes up and this is, I think this is a hundred times better than at the beginning saying based on a true story, mm-hmm. because at the end then it's like most of these, most of this dialogue was taken from journals, diaries, Yeah, almost exactly accounts. from it. Yeah. And well, it's not an entirely, it's not, I, I would never call this based on a true story. Right. Um, it is in the sense more so than other based on a true story films because the dialogue is you know, correct. The dialogue is exactly things that people were saying at that time. And you could tell that this is what people believed. Yeah. Like this may not have really happened, mm-hmm. but this is what people believed happened. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's really like, it's really crazy to, this film is like a true descent down each. I mean, each character has like these moments of, uh, which what I thought was interesting was how, whether or not like it's connected, it's their, their sins are ultimately their, each of their downfalls. Right. Each of the characters has like either a moment of sin or a moment of reflection on what they believe their sin is. And then that ultimately is their downfall as they go throughout the film. And a lot of it has to do with not even like cardinal sins. Mm-hmm. They are, they're straight up stuff like lying. Yeah. Well, Just the, the fact that someone lies, the father's tears, is, tears down is, everybody else is a pride. Yeah. And I love, I love his moment of like, you know, he, he, he kind of in a prayer, you know, confesses that, mm-hmm. and then to see how that turns out for him is like that's that's actually really interesting. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's I, I kind of like that. I like that in a. I mean, even though it's not like necessarily the strictest of horror films in a sense, it's it's kind of it has a rule set that it follows. Right, and yeah. and and it's this duality between the supernatural and like the mundane of their life, like. What's happening with them is connected to the supernatural element, mm-hmm. but the way the family is torn apart is wholly because of their belief structure yeah. and their willingness 
and like just family dynamics, family dynamics, yeah. and and this you know lack of trust mm-hmm. and and believing in the supernatural that completely undermines everything, mm-hmm. and it the, it just destroys itself from within because of a tragic event that happens early in the film. Yeah, which is kind of in the trailer. Yeah, anyway. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, and that's the only thing I'd seen in the movie was yeah. that scene. And I'm glad. Um, I had forgotten most of that trailer by the time I got here. I just mm-hmm. remembered that part. Right, me too. Um, but the the I, I do think it's interesting that when it comes down to it, the main character is really you know Thomasine, the 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 oldest girl, mm-hmm. um, and it's kind of her like a lot of the the divides in the family come between how she interacts with the the two younger children mm-hmm. where they won't listen to her and so she tries they want her to watch over them and when she tries to discipline them she gets in trouble with the parents right like it's it's all very things that we've seen now yes but when you put it all the way back then and then you combine it with like their religious beliefs and just the way that also like medicine worked back then and there's like scenes of like bloodletting yeah and it's just like this is crazy and they're completely isolated oh yeah they they even they talk about it at certain points like if they even wanted to go back to the town for anything it's a day's ride ride on a horse on a horse like without a horse it's longer yeah so that's like I thought it was all very like interesting and very true to what it was and even like the pacing was kind of a little more slower yeah than what I like more or less but it's it fit for the fact that you know in this time like mm-hmm. everything takes a while yeah and this is the first time in a long time that people have gotten up out of the theater and it was at a weird point it was like was because like they're half, disgusted it was like halfway through the film and it was when they were having a discussion about religion mm-hmm. like the whole family mm-hmm. and at that point three people just got up and walked out and they were discussing religion <laughs> you know like you think they were bored or disgusted beliefs. what do you I think both huh probably it was just crazy. Like I was like, "Oh, they're they're leaving." All right. I do want to yeah. save uh, quite a bit of stuff for the discussion. Me too. Yeah. But um, I did want to talk a little bit about um, this film was put out by A twenty four, right? Which I think I mean, Jordan, if you're not very familiar with them, I think Tom would be. Yeah, they put out a lot of entrance and stuff along mm. with Annapurna. I get those two mixed up. Oh yeah, Annapurna's a good. Whenever I see that logo before a film, I go, "Oh yeah, this is going to be something." Yeah. Yeah. Um, a24 I was reading an article the other day from David Ehrlich uh, I refer to Tom because I yeah. only found out about speaking him of David through... Ehrlich's name was in the trailer for this movie oh yeah yeah uh, but no I only found out about him through um, the fighting in the war room podcast which was yeah. previously the what was it off Kino was it yeah. called before and I only found out about that through Tom yeah. uh, so thank you Tom but You're but welcome. yeah that's those are good podcasts and um He's a he's a good reviewer, but he wrote an article about A24 and kind of like how, in a weird way, like they're very good at presenting films and picking films. Yeah, I mean, I'm just look. I'm on their website. They mm. did Room, End of Tour, Amy, Slow West, Ex Machina, yeah. While We're Young, the film yeah. we were talking about the other day, A Most Violent Year. Like you just go back, mm-hmm. and there's all of these films that I've seen and really have enjoyed. Yeah, like I think the earliest one that I saw was actually Spring Breakers. Mm -hmm. And then the next one after that was Under the Skin. And that was like, those two films totally set up the road that the company has gone down. And they kind of, they don't like, it seems like they're not doing typical films. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of like, you you make the, it's it's like this, you know, choosing to watch a film based on what company is putting it out. seems like such a weird, outdated thing. But Mm -hmm. here it's, you know, this is kind of like a brand of quality. Yeah. So I don't know. I think that's interesting. Yeah. 
There's a lot of good stuff here. They have so many movies coming out this year. Mm-hmm. Remember, Mojave, The Witch, Krisha, Green Room, Adderall Diaries equals Swiss Army Man. Oh, Green Wars. Room. Did you see that trailer before no, this film? I didn't. Tom, did I you? I want to see Green that. Room? Yeah. Yeah. I don't understand that trailer at all. I, I think for- I read a description online. Well, what, if, <laughs> I forgot the trailer. I just saw, oh, there's Anton Yeltsin sitting in a room. Yeah, it's a- Anton Yelchin. It seems like he's some kind of a metalhead punk band person. Mm-hmm. And it seems, I'm like, oh, okay, it's going to be about music. Because mm-hmm. he's like playing in, mu- uh, playing in a band and he's like coming back to a house afterwards. And he's like, yeah, music, you got to throw yourself into it. You got to get really into it and really raw. And then he's in the house and then like, there's like a dead person and all his friends are there. And he's like, oh shit. And he tries to run. They're like, no, we can't run. And then they like, they close the door and like people are coming to the door. And then Patrick Stewart is there. Yeah. And he's like angry and has a beard. And he's like, he's like, oh, you can't go anywhere. And it's like, what? I'm like, what the hell is going on? And I, and I think months ago, I read a description of this film, and I think Patrick Stewart's a neo-Nazi. Yeah, I'm like, what? He's like a club owner, but and I don't he's squaring off against the band. I guess. Yeah. Like I, like it didn't make it. And I was like, oh, so then, and then, then they fight. Like I'm just yeah. seeing like people fighting in a house. I'm like, what? I even know what's going on here. But I'm a little interested. Yeah. I just wish I understood what was going on. <laughs> <laughs> That's all. But yeah, the the witch. Uh, I mean, good performances, right? And this very is, interesting. This is definitely one of those films that it's like, like I saw kids in Deadpool, which mm. shouldn't have been there. No, but this is even more in that direction of like children will not understand this film. Yeah, they will not get mm. it. Like this is a wholly adult experience. This is dark. This is you know interesting. It's slower. Mm. Just just be aware that if you're going to go see it, it's worth seeing. It's like visually super interesting. And and the music put me off in the beginning, but I kind of understood it later because it made yeah. certain scenes like when when music the the strings, you know, come up in the way that this film does, mm-hmm. that usually happens around stuff that is supposed to, you know, scare you. It's around the monster. Mm-hmm. And early on in the film, the strings come up when looking at the wilderness. Yeah. And just immediately, like, it's so interesting because I saw something online a couple of years ago that totally changed uh, the way I saw music in films. And it was the same scene, but with like five different types of music. Oh, wow. And it totally changed the scene. Mm-hmm. Like, it was like, it was like people playing in a yard. It was like a mom with her kid. And like, with one type of music, it was this beautiful, upbeat, like, you know, everything seemed really cool. Like, it seemed like a nice scene. Mm-hmm. And it changed it to a darker music, like it's in this film. And it seemed scary like all of those scenes those kids playing like it just made you feel like something bad was going to happen and this film sets that bar so high with the music because it just shows the forest and the strings come up so loud that it's almost overwhelming yeah at least it wasn't my theater so loud and man it just it it tells you what you're in for you know it makes you realize that the nature like you brought up earlier is this force that they're contending with Mm -hmm. Uh, yeah, so I think that's about it for our review segment. Yeah. Uh, if you stick around to the end, you'll hear the discussion where I'm sure you'll hear a lot more about Black Phillip. Uh, 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 uh. Tom. Yeah. What's coming out new in theaters? All right. New in theaters this week, we have Gods of Egypt. Played by a bunch of white people. Yes. Um, let's see, make sure I got this right. Eddie the Eagle. Played by a bunch of white people. Triple nine. There's a. That's not all white people. No. Nope. Yeah, there's Chewie and Anthony. Uh-huh. And, uh huh. And 
Let's see. What is it? Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, Sword of Destiny. That's coming out on Netflix, right? Yeah, that's a that's a day and date similar oh, to Beast yeah. of Donation. So they can get yeah. those nominations. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Terry Ben Laden, Dead or Alive. Yep. yep. Before we play Guess the Ending, let's give out some thanks, starting with uh, Silent Partner, who did our theme song, Sophomore Makeout, which we got from the YouTube Audio Library. You can go to youtube.com slash audio library for that. Uh, our logo was done by Justin Kizan. He's an artist and a writer, and you can see more of his writing over at Agents of Guard. That's agentsofguard.com. Uh, a lot of other people write for them that we know, including Matt Benson. Uh, Yay. He's been writing about X-Files. Uh, speaking of Matt Benson, he and I and David King do a podcast called Pick Your Path. That's a choose-your-own-adventure-inspired enhanced podcast where you, the listener, get to make choices uh, in, in original stories that we have written. Just for you, uh, go to benvnetwork.com slash PYP for that. Season one is all up there. Season two is coming soon. Tom. Yeah? What do you do? Okay, uh, what do I do? I uh, write over at optograph.org, usually about movies, TV, sometimes music, as you'll see recently. And right now I'm reviewing shows like Better Call Saul, Bob's Burgers, Brooklyn Nine-Nine, Girls, Maybe a few others. Like, I check out all the new shows. I just reviewed Love, which I did not love Love, but I like Love. Mm-hmm. Was it just the first episode, or did you watch yeah. the whole season? I tend to just base off the first episode, the just to be fair okay. to everyone else. Yep. So check that out, optograb.org. As mentioned earlier, the Oscars are coming up, so if that's your thing, I also write the Oscar Buzz, which is the theoscarbuzz.blogspot.com. I'm trying to do countdown stuff. I really don't know what I'm writing about, though, so come back every day and check that out i'll have my predictions up very soon here and i'll have feedback on the ceremony next monday tuesday whatever and i also write short stories which you can find on amazon smashwords barnesnoble.com if you're interested in reading my witch story which i don't claim at all is accurate to witch culture you can check out the commoner's death i released that back in november i think so that was a lot of fun so check that out nice nice is it my turn? Yeah. I stream video game stuff over at twitch.tv backslash gamersault weekly. You can find me this Saturday, probably around 2 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. I'll be playing a video game while on camera and talking with anyone who comes by. We'll have a good time. I was playing Mad Max last week. It was pretty awesome. Had a bunch of people on there. We were having a good time blowing up cars. And this week, I think I'll be playing uh, Far Cry Primal, which... Coming out Why tomorrow. not just do all the Oscar nominee movies? Go for the Revenant, fight the bear. The Revenant game. Uh, you there actually, is a, there is a Leo game. Yeah, on on mobile. Right. Yeah. But see, in Primal, you actually uh, you're a shaman, so you actually can control beasts and stuff like that. Yeah. And you have a bear familiar yeah. that hangs out with you, or even a saber toothed tiger. Oh, uh, so yeah, bears attack other people for you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. It's pretty cool. So that's what I'll be playing, and come by. Also follow uh, Gamers All Weekly at. GA Weekly Twitter. All right, and you should check out all the great shows on the Benview Network. That's BenviewNetwork.com. Uh, you can listen to Pick Your Path. You can listen to the newly completed Shut Up Leonard. I always want to say that one, but that one's not currently running. Mm-hmm. Um, you could check out Popsicles. That one, I don't think they've done an episode this year yet. You could check out <laughs> Comic Nerds Unite. They're still going strong, and Star Wars Nerds Unite. There's some good people. Uh, and our personal website, nevpodcast.com. Email us, nevpodcast at gmail.com. And on Twitter, at nevpodcast. And my personal Twitter is at podcasterandrew. At Optigrab. At Truvoke. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
Uh, all right, so now it is time for Guess the Ending. You'll never guess how it ends. I'm doing Gods of Egypt. <clears throat> Spot Only up. of Egypt. Only of Egypt. Directed by Alex Proyas. Starring Brenton Thwaites. Uh, Nikolai Koster-Waldo. Gerard Butler. And Chadwick Boss. I literally just remembered where I know Brenton Thwaites from. What? He is the... Is he a raven? Or a crow? I think he's a raven in, in Maleficent. Oh, yeah. She takes a crow and she makes right, him a man. into a man. That's him. That just came to my brain right now. Well, that is him. I want to watch Maleficent again. Yeah. <laughs> they need to make more of those. Am I right. weird? Yes. Well, thank you. Bye. <laughs> we are a minority. <laughs> a common thief joins a mythical god on a quest through Egypt. So, uh, according to the trailer... This film's all about how Gerard Butler, which is an evil Egyptian god, um, takes over Egypt from a, a, a benevolent Egyptian god, uh, played by the dude from Game of Thrones. But what we will find out when we watch the film is that uh, Ga- uh, Egypt is actually the place where Game of Thrones happens. <laughs> and, you know, after... Uh, Oh, right. The Pyramids of Westeros. That's what I'm saying. Ah, it makes sense now. Right. So, uh, you know, he loses his hand in Game of Thrones. And then eventually, after helping uh, Daenerys become the queen of Westeros, he is ascended to godhood. Because he, he helps reunite, you know, the, the true ruler of Westeros to the kingdom, and then they, uh, with the power of the dragons and, and the wildlings... I honestly they help, don't know if you're doing spoilers or f- fake spoilers right now. <laughs> That's what's happening. They, they, help, they help fight back, uh, you know, all of the evil cold zombies that are they're coming from the north, and, and through saving the world, he is, he is ascended to godhood. Now, thousands of years later, Gerard Butler takes it over, and the reason why God, uh, Gerard Butler is a god is because he helped save the president mm-hmm. and London... Mm-hmm. From terrorists, mm-hmm. and uh, and you know, when you do something amazing like that, with uh, lots of spectacle and a really crappy CG budget, you uh, you're ascended to Egyptian godhood. Now, because time is a is a disc, you know, a flat circle, uh, you go way way back, and they are still gods back back during ancient Egypt, and um, you know this. Uh, this this young Briton Thwaites, uh, he he's ascended to godhood after helping, after helping uh, put the rightful god back into back to his place in Egypt, and he he becomes a uh, a raven god, and uh, from that point on, um, you know he's he's lauded and he's praised uh, until Maleficent turns him back into a human. Does he have a raven claw? Yeah, yep, yeah. on his breastplate. Awesome. Tom. All right. I am doing Eddie the Eagle. And this is about the story of Eddie Edwards, the notoriously tenacious British underdog ski jumper who charmed the world at the 1988 Winter Olympics. All right. So we have Mr. Edwards, and he's like, I want to do a ski jumping thing. And so he begins practicing, starts slow with a little hill in the corner of his house, and works his way up to uh, a little hill outside his house. But then uh, his neighbor, Hugh Jackson's like, hey, what are you doing? Your hill's getting on my property. It's like, no, it's not. And Mr. Edwards 
gets into a little feud with him, and then they realize that, oh, it, Mr. Edwards ain't so bad. But that's only after uh, Hugh Jackman knocks him out, breaks his leg, so he's a cripple, and suddenly he uh, feels bad for him. He's like, you know what? We'll make you a ski jumper hero in time. So as he's in recovery, Mr. Edwards learns how to do it with uh, the things from Forrest Gump, those things that hold his legs up at the start. That stuff. Leg braces? Yeah, leg braces. There it is. Yeah. And slowly but surely, he wanes off of it, and uh, he begins doing it, and doing it, and doing it. And soon, he is not only doing a hill, he's doing two hills, and three hills, and four hills. And suddenly, he gets the attention of the British team, I guess, and they're like, hey, you're pretty good. Let's have you on our team. And all things are going good until Christopher Walken shows up, who's apparently in this movie. And since he is this character from Pulp Fiction, and he shoves a watch up his ass, and uh, things don't go well, and that's how he charmed the world at the 1980 Winter Olympics, because he had to keep his legs close together just to keep the watch from uh, hurting a few inside things. <laughs> that is fascinating. Absolutely great. Uh, all right, I'm going to take on Triple Nine. <clears throat> it's directed by John Hillcoat. Starring Casey Affleck, Chiwetel Ejiofor, Anthony Mackie, Aaron Paul, uh, Kate Winslet. Oh, I want to keep going. I want to keep going. I know I can do it. You can do it. Uh, Woody Harrelson. Uh, no, I'm tapping out. I'm tapping <laughs> out. Ah, I named more before. Anyway, a gang of criminals and corrupt cops plan the murder of a police officer in order to pull off their biggest heist yet across town. All right, so... Right, this movie starts, you're like, wow, these are like terrible people. You're getting to know the terrible people. Yeah. And you're like, why are we even rooting for them? And then it waits like halfway or more through. And the police officer they are going to murder Mm -hmm. is actually the crime lord in charge of the gangs that the cops are fighting, Mm -hmm. right? He's not even like the chief or anything. He's just like an officer who happens to happens to have had that all set up for himself oh. right so yeah. then you are rooting for them to murder him but he has the entire rest of the police force at his disposal Whoa. so it's like this it's going to be this crazy standoff it's going to be like heat Ooh. and if anyone's seen heat it's, it's like heat oh i like heat uh where anthony mackie McCarthy? anthony mackie and casey affleck are the whatever their names were in heat uh, and so that's that's what I want to see. Can I see that Hollywood, so, so please? Like a, so like a younger Heat? Can we fix it? Yeah, younger and awesomer Heat, because <laughs> it's Anthony Mackie. Casey Affleck's all right, but come on. I like, like, can I, like, I see this? I like Casey Affleck. <laughs> I don't know. What what is he good in? Most of the stuff he's yeah good in. I don't know. Most what of the stuff. What have I in? seen him in? I have yet to. Oh, see I've only it. seen him in the Oceans films. Maybe that's my problem. Oh yeah, he's been in a bunch of stuff. Yeah. yeah. And I just always think of him as a, come on, he's he's like the Donnie to the Mark. He's, no. no. Come on. He's the Is he better than Ben? Yeah. yeah. I want to believe. I believe. Because he doesn't have to rely on that hulking physique. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he can just be a little scrawny guy. Yeah, he's a little scrawny guy. He's got to work harder for it. He's like, come on, guys, I got to, I'm, I'm not my brother. <laughs> come on, guys, I'm not my brother. That's, All right, that's, that's it. Yeah, this movie is heat. Come Let's on, guys. <laughs> triple nine is heat. <laughs> uh, yeah, Tower Heist was not good. Yeah, I forgot was, he was uh, even in that. That was Brett Radner's fault, though. Mm-hmm. 
All right, so no, now we can... No, no one has an impre- impeccable record. No. We can end the guessing now. Uh, that brings us to the end of the show. Mm-hmm. I have no idea what we're going to review next week. This is a real trouble time well, I mean, for movies. Wait, the, wait, the Oscars are this what? weekend. The Oscars. Why, why don't we just have an Oscars episode next yeah. week? Uh, sometimes we do that. I might do that. I gotta see. I would be totally up for it. Okay. I got thoughts on stuff. We'll probably do that then. Yeah. Let's just say that. Let's just do that. Uh, because I don't want to see any of these I things. mean, I'll see some of these. Like, I'll hate watch them. But well, I'll now that them. I've presumed that Triple Nine is Heat, I kind of want to watch we it. We have to watch that now. Yeah. Uh, if it's not Heat, though, I will be so much more disappointed well, in everything. You were, But you're always right in your guess the endings. <laughs> yeah, so that's it, true. It is Heat. We, we do have accurate guess the endings. Yeah, yep. every time. Uh, but yeah, so probably an Oscar special will be the next episode that you can hear. Well, we'll just go over uh, what was right, what was wrong. That's our fun way of doing it. Yeah. And whether or not, uh, who's it, Chris Rock? Chris Rock's whether, hosting. Whether or not he did a good job. Yep. Uh, that's That'll be a fun time. And if he doesn't, you're just going to call us racist anyway. Uh, you know. He's hosted before, right? Yeah. 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 And he pissed off Sean Penn and... Uh, was the other guy Jude Law when he did? Mm. Sounds about right. So, was that the year Milk came out? No, that that was, was the year. That was like the year Jude Law got nominated for Cold Mountain or something. Okay, was that the year Sam I Am came out? Probably. I f- don't okay. even remember. I'm trying to figure out why he pissed off Sean Penn. And I, no, he pissed it must off, be Sam I Am related. No, <laughs> he pissed off guess. Sean Penn because he made fun of Jude Law, and Sean Penn came up and said Jude Law is a great actor. <laughs> yeah, I can see Sean Penn doing that. Oh, Sean Penn. Just go interview El Chapo again, will you? Yeah. Um, Get investigated by the State Department. Yeah. All right. So until next week, this has been episode 264 of Nerds I View. I'm Andrew. I'm Thomasina. And I'm Jordan. And remember, listeners, if a suited dude comes up to you and says, we are all born of sin, walk the other way. Bye. 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 I'm, in fact, going to be very grateful that Eddie the Eagle is in theaters because that means the trailer won't be showing anymore. I won't have to see. And we're a disgrace. I hate that trailer. (laughs) Personal best. Yeah. No, I just hate, like, it it starts with that inspirational thing and then it goes into, like, oh, but we're funny. Yeah. I'm like, no. We're being, we're being, we're going to touch your heart and make you laugh. Yeah. Touch your heart and your gut. Yep. And by gut, we mean tickle it. Yep, because that makes you laugh, right? We don't mean the other dirty thing. What? 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 All right, let's get to this discussion. Black Philip uh-huh. uh, is a goat, but also the devil. Okay, so when that scene started, <laughs> I heard two different people in the theater go, what the f- Fuck. Yeah, I definitely heard at the end of it, like at least one person go, "What?" <laughs> like just like a very like they, yeah, that ending really wow goes 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 for it, and yeah. I love it. I really do like that. Really, oh, man, because it, it comes to the end of this, and I mean, certainly a good. Uh, you think something's going on because other it, unless it's like a, a messed up prank. Mm-hmm. Because when um, Caleb. So earlier in the film, he he lies about oh we were you know I was in the forest looking for apples yeah and then when he comes back after he gives into the temptation the temptation is uh, the witch is sexy yeah right and he's been which is what he's been dealing with he's been dealing with you know hormones or whatever 
and temptation of, of all that. And so he comes back and he's all screwed up and he's like half dead. And then he just, his, his, he gets lockjaw. Mm. And then when they open, pry open his mouth, he coughs out like the a weird tiny apple. apple. Yeah. yeah. It, it's not full size. Well, yeah, but it's, it's a full, it's, it's, it's an, an apple. apple. Yeah. And, uh, which I don't think anyone in the room there acknowledges it, but mm. certainly like as an audience, we're watching, we go, Oh my God, like this is, you know, manifestation of sin yep. coming out of him. Like, this is crazy. Mm-hmm. Like this is beyond like before you could believe like, okay, the kids are doing a weird prank maybe. Right. Like, that's, but you know, see, that's even that, up. even that is thrown off because we're given the scene of the witch with the with the baby. Yeah, but then I feel like that can almost be written off up until like that final scene because mm-hmm. right after that scene of the witch and the baby, we mm-hmm. go to Thomasine having trouble sleeping. Right, and, and that, so could be that could maybe be maybe a nightmare that she's having. Yeah, because she's clearly having oh, a nightmare. Yeah, we could have gone down that road. Yeah, I definitely thought that was a possibility. But up- by the end of the film, I feel like it's her connection. Oh yeah, like definitely. she is definitely connected to yeah. it. Yeah, because and, in the, the one of the opening, the opening scene is of course them getting kicked out. But once we get to that little farm or whatever that they're living on, mm-hmm. we have Thomasine doing her her prayer and, and her confession, and she's saying things. that you know I I believe, but I've broken everything. I you know I'm having trouble, yada yada. Like and and that I feel like is that's where you know Black Philip, the devil, whatever, mm-hmm. is targets her. Yeah. As soon when you confess, each character has like a confession moment, mm-hmm. and then that comes back around to be you know either their downfall or their comeuppance, whatever you want to look at it. It's connected. As, yeah, because even the 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 father he's been chopping wood this whole time. Yep. And it's like an insane amount of wood. You don't even realize that I think until that last moment where mm-hmm. it tumbles on him. Yeah. Like how much wood he's been chopping, and do they even one, need that it's much one wood? Of the thing who, it's one of the things that kill him. And it's the one, but it's that's the thing he can do. Yeah. He can't grow crops. He can't hunt. Yep. He, but he can chop wood. Yeah. So out of which a is, sense of pride, which he is, chops too much wood. Yeah. And that's, you know, when he gets headbutted by Black Phillip, he goes into the wood pile. Which is, which is almost like a metaphor for his fight against nature. Is he's mm. chopped down all this wood, and all he can do is cut it and make it smaller. He can't create anything. Like, oh, yeah. he's trying to create, and mm. he can never do that. He can only destroy. Mm. And, and earlier in the film, when, when his faith is still strong, and, and the family dynamic is still okay like he has that interesting scene where he's wrestling with back black philip putting yeah. him back in the pin mm-hmm. and that comes back around at the end when black philip is you know messes him up yeah and and kills him yeah yeah because he, he doesn't have that strength anymore that's crazy yeah and that comes out of nowhere too mm-hmm. like he's just standing there and it happens almost at the bottom of the frame yeah and then and then you see back black philip well because i think i mean uh i what i kind of like about this film really is um it'll sh- give you a little hint of something before you get the full force of what it means right like in the scene um where the mother wakes up for some and i'm, and I'm thinking like oh finally we're gonna find out the mother's the witch uh-huh. and then she sees the silver cup yep. is on the dresser yeah i saw that too and, and then, i was like what and then boom then caleb's alive again yeah with the baby and it's, it's like, like oh baby. shit like this is not good. <laughs> like this is not going to go this well. This is bad in every yeah. way. Um, but yeah, and that, I think in that same scene that you're talking about, where Black Philip comes out of nowhere, mm-hmm. you you know that the goat enclosure is broken. Yeah. So he is he's out out. Yep. Like he could be anywhere. And the fence is down, and mm-hmm. uh, and man, that enclosure is messed up. Like as someone from the outside, like not shackled by this this belief in witches and and witchcraft and believing that their daughter did it Mm -hmm. just seeing the way it was broken in from the outside like it's clear she may be there but something broke in yeah yeah from the top 
That's crazy. Yeah. Um, what do you think about, so the, the two youngest, are they twins? I don't... I think so. Okay. Whatever they are. I mean, uh, or they're very close to the same age. Yeah. Mercy and... Uh, I don't remember the other one's name. But uh, they... So... They, there's an early, you know, there's a scene where uh, Thomasine and Caleb are by the river, and then Mercy comes along, and she's saying that she's a witch, and yada yada. Mm-hmm. And there's there's like that whole weird exchange, and they mention all throughout that Black Philip has been talking to them. Yeah, but like, what do you think Black Philip was saying to them? Well, see, that's what I think it is, is because uh, they were innocent in a mm-hmm. way, but had more imagination. They were also less connected to their faith. Mm-hmm. They didn't believe as strong, if at all, because they were so young. They didn't understand. Mm-hmm. Like through Caleb and Thomasine, we have this interesting battling with with their sin and temptation and their faith and coming to terms with it and heaven and hell and and all of these you know damnation. They're they're dealing with complex, really hard to understand things, mm-hmm. and it's kind of tearing them up, even as kids. Mm-hmm. And 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 uh, Jonas and Mercy are too young to understand any of that. So they may have been baptized, but they're not resolute in their faith or even questioning it. So I think they're more easily talked to, especially because they spend so much time with it. Mm-hmm. You know, I think I think it was just more. And in the end of the film, they are taken by the witch. Yeah, and I think it's because, like, I think it's because, like, I don't think they were ever connected to the evil in the way that. That Thomason thought they were well, no, because I I think that's very telling. And when the scene with Caleb, where he mm-hmm. spits out the apple, they they pass out. They yeah. go into like a catatonic state. Yeah, and that's not once you realize that's not fake. They're mm-hmm. not you know just like sleeping it off or whatever. Mm-hmm. That's some kind of possession, possession, witchcraft. I power think it's just because taking them out. I think it's because they were open. I don't think they were ever like. I think the only person who's possessed in this film is Caleb. Mm-hmm. I think because they were so young, because they of their lack of faith, it just. By being close to it, they were affected by it. So, yeah. Yeah. You know, they were just weaker. That's why they were preyed upon. That's true. That's crazy. That's some crazy stuff. Yeah. Yeah. The ending of this film is a real, like, I don't know. I read, like, reviews where people are like, oh, the ending sucks. And I don't know. What is, like, Tom, do you. Um, <laughs> the weird thing is, I was saying, hey, this is the exact same ending of The Last Exorcism. Oh, I've never saw that. Well, basically, it's about a guy who's an exorcist, but he's a fake guy. And Oh, that's right. Now I know what you're yeah, talking Yeah, and basically, the end of the movie is that he discovers that there's a whole cult, and he gets murdered by them. Mm-hmm. Huh. Wasn't it? It was shot like found footage style? Yeah. 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 It was one of those. But <laughs> I still like the ending, even though that was my first thought when I saw it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, I really I really think it's interesting, because it's, it's, it's going for when... Like when Thomasine comes to Black Phillip, mm-hmm. like I think she really doesn't know what to expect. Yeah, and she's like, "Can you talk? Are you?" Because she's you trying to me? understand it. Like her, yeah, her father's dead. Her both of her younger siblings are gone. Caleb's dead. Yeah, uh, she hasn't seen the baby since the beginning of the she movie. Had she to has kill to, her she has mother. To kill her mother because her mother is so stricken with grief, and that's connected to like very very old family dynamic stuff of mothers being worried that the daughters are taking their place and mm-hmm. stealing the love of their family and their husband. Well, no, I think it, uh, Tom brought it up in the review about that, the Hexen uh, film and the, the whole thing of uh, Eggers of like the, the woman in society. Yeah. And that becomes a presence in this film where right. they overhear, the children overhear the parents say, oh, we got to send Thomasine yeah, off understand. to another yeah. 
to another farm. We got to, you know, make, make so her she's husband. she's rebelling against that. Yeah. And it's just like, it's just this downward spiral where, and the, the mother's obviously lost it after that dream, mm-hmm. you know? And she, she has the physical manifestation of the blood on her, on her nightgown when she wakes up. Well, that wasn't a dream. I don't know. I think that was a dream. Okay. Well, I think she really got up. Yeah. I mean, I, I think there was a physical, like she got up and then fi- there was a crow. I mean, we see it's a crow. Yeah. Yeah. Oh man. So <laughs> yeah, that's gnarly. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so when it comes down to it, like she's lost it. Yeah. And, and Thomasina has to defend herself and does so by killing her own mother. Mm-hmm. So she's just left in the ruin of this farm that's been destroyed. All of the livestock are dead. Mm-hmm. They've never, they've never been able to really grow anything of worth. Mm-hmm. Like she just has to come to terms with what happened. And that plus, you know, all of the problems she was having at the beginning of the film with her faith and sinning, like, she feels... I mean, I have right here, like, the documentary that's been popular, everyone's watching, is Making a Murderer. Mm-hmm. Like, this this movie is Making a Witch. <laughs> like, this was, this well, was yeah, the spiral. This was the yeah. downfall. This is how you have someone mm-hmm. get to that point. Well, yeah, she... Um, that's. I think that's really, like telling from that very beginning her very first confession is Mm -hmm. basically you know opening herself up to what else is out there yeah and and something heard her call and came running basically right um because yeah there's i mean and then when black philip says you know what do you want Mm -hmm. i was like oh my god like here we go i'll give it to you and then he and then he you see him kind of in the shadows around her and he's got like this gloved hand yeah he becomes a man yeah but and he's like in armor, like this black armor. Yeah. So you hear him stomping around and well, you it see almost sounds like, like chain, chain mail yeah. or something. Yeah. But it's all, it's so dark that you can't even, you can just see the outline in the background because like, of I, how I like the way he is. says, like, can you see the book before you? Yeah. It's not as if the book is there. It's yeah. like, do you, you need to believe and see it? Yeah. yeah. And she's he's like, like I can't on, sign my name. And he says, I will guide your hand. Yeah. And that's, that's all we get. Yep. We don't get, you know, like any more details. And I just love from we there. nothing else from that scene. From there then, to her joining the coven. Or, yeah, following uh, yeah. the goat. Yeah. That's, that's crazy. Yeah. I've, yeah. I was, I was like, here we go. Here and, we and go. And then they lift off the ground. Oh. Man. Yeah, that's... <laughs> yeah. What wow. a way to end a film, you know, instead of... I've, I feel like this is not a cop-out ending. Like, no. this is, you know, a payoff of... A lot of very you know intricately laid clues and little hints or whatever yeah. of little just little pieces of information that add up. Yeah, this is where it's going, mm-hmm. and it also makes sense when you think about it of that subtitle at the very beginning. Mm. This is a folklore. Yeah. this is this is a tale, and if you think about it in that way, right? Mm-hmm. If you view it as like a proverb from the Bible, where it may or may not be true, but it's it's got a message to it. Like mm. there's a point. Yeah, like. If you look at all those pieces and then you and then you say to yourself, well, they were away from civilization. At the time, being away from civilization was the only way you're going to be open up to evil. Mm-hmm. Like being around people, that was being close to people, being close to the church, that was the way you were going to survive. Like there's all of these tenets in this film of all of these mistakes they make mm-hmm. that take them further away from God and further away from people. And further away from family even. And further away from, yeah, from that trust and, and that connection. Mm-hmm. And... This is the road it leads down. Like this, this would be a story that at that time in 1630, people would tell their children of like, this is what yeah. happens to you if you do yeah, all. There these was a bad family things. that moved next to the woods. Yeah, yeah, and this is what happened and to this them. Is and what they did. Yeah, and she became a witch. Mm-hmm. Like this is this is a horror story that they would tell back then, mm-hmm. very much so. 
So I think it's I think the ending's perfect. I think this is exactly what it should be. Yeah, I I really liked it. Any well, further thoughts? Well, you apparently put more thought into it than I did. I basically was just going off of a woman who becomes her own self and all that. I didn't mm. connect everything else. I just went on for a visceral experience and felt like I was transported back to the 1630s or whatever. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, and did a great job. But just that. enjoying the atmosphere. I wasn't really paying attention to all the subtext that is very interesting, but I hadn't considered until this conversation. But, but you also bring up the very interesting point yeah. of it is a woman like finding her own yeah. path. Mm-hmm. And what was that path in the society back then? Yeah. What was the only path available for her mm-hmm. in a society that was so patriarchal that she had no decision-making ability and was so close to like strict, strict religion in order to find your own path? It had to be that way. Yeah. Man. No, and I think that's good. That's like a very modern take on everything. I don't think a film like this could have been made even 10 years ago or 20 oh, years ago. Yeah. Like this is very much from the eyes of now, looking back then and seeing things that were present and allowing them to come through in a way that makes sense. In the way yeah. we would understand it as a society. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. No, this was, this was a journey I didn't expect to go on. That's crazy, <laughs> I was man. just like, ah, it's going to be some witches, whatever. No, yeah. it was, uh, that was a good time. Yep. Makes you think. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. It's really interesting. Let's give that go in Oscar. <laughs> uh, I, well, maybe it won the, um, did it show at Cannes? Can however you say that showed at Sundance last year because isn't isn't Can the one where they give a, a a dog award maybe they'll give a special a special oh, compensation fuck. for <laughs> Black Phillip I didn't know. there's a dog oh I'm yeah. sorry I meant to, I was gonna text yeah. you last night and just be sorry Jordan a dog died I saw in, it earlier in the in day the witch. I saw it earlier yesterday <laughs> and I was like I'm not fucking happy <laughs> but a lot of people died yeah and a lot of animals that's died. the thing that's like, the thing is like, it wasn't just no the dog one, no one was safe yeah. No one and nothing was safe. Like, it, plants wouldn't even grow there. Yeah. Yeah. So. Even the sun wouldn't come out. Basically. Barely. Yeah. Uh, yeah. All right. So I think that wraps it up on our discussion of uh, The Witch. Thanks for listening. This podcast is a part of the Benview Network. You can find this and other podcasts like it at BenviewNetwork.com. <laughs>